This is a West Wimmera Health Service podcast. Presented by me, Brigitte Muir. Farmer wants a healthy life. This series focuses around stories and issues related to health and well-being. Some of the people we hear from are sharing their stories, hoping that their experiences will help us with our own health and well-being. Please be aware that some of their life experiences may touch on issues that are sensitive to some. Please listen with care. You will find information on seeking help if you need it in the notes attached to each episode. Oh, the sound of rain. Something we hear less and less in our part of the world. How can we deal with less rain, more heat? How can farmers, who depend so much on the weather, mitigate the stresses of climate change? I talked to David Drake, farmer at La near Warwick-Nabil and key member of the Regional Climate Adaptation Group. I've been farming here for nearly 35 years since I finished school. I'm the, what am I, fourth generation wow. on, this, on this farm. And my, my family's been farming for... Oh well, we can trace our ancestry back to agriculture in the United Kingdom in the early 18th century. So yes, farming's well and truly in the blood. We live in a place which is very dry and we're here to talk about climate change. Can the Wimmera get any drier? Well, it can always get drier. There is absolute zero, <laughs> which hopefully we're a long, long, long way off that. But certainly in my thir nearly 35 years farming, I've seen probably 50 mil disappear off our, our rainfall, which you know, still leaves us with 300 mil of rainfall. And there's plenty of people who've been farming in this country on less rain than that for a long time. But certainly it's, it is challenging as you know, we basically cross tipping points of farming methods that we had been used to using. And um, when, when did you realise that? It was, a, I suppose, a slow realisation, really. Well, what we were referring to at the time as the millennium drought I now look back on as not the millennium drought, but just that time when that declining rainfall actually crossed the point where it meant we had to look seriously at the way we were doing things because there hasn't been a recovery from it as you would normally expect when you call something a drought. I remember seeing a map once of Australian rainfall and droughts for the last hundred years and there were times where it was long time dry and then long-term wets. This doesn't happen anymore. No, look, I suppose statistically it still looks like a, a period of below average rainfall matching the sort of those years from the 1950s through to the 1970s which were above long-term average but closer analysis of the trend shows that the rainfall definitely is falling. Probably more so but not as much realised is that our evaporation rate is climbing. That creates massive problems for the, the area, like you, you look at the inflows into the Wimmera River and you see how much they've declined over the last 20 years. And it's a significantly larger drying out of the environment than just the reduction of rainfall. So yeah, we certainly are facing a drier scenario that is not just a uh, yeah, a, a short-term period. Okay, so it's not just less rain, it's also higher temperatures. Higher temperatures, higher evaporation, and although we are experiencing more frosts, it's higher minimum temperatures, which, which means that we just 
don't get that break from the hot temperature. Yes, the, the, the more you look at the data that comes from all the weather stations around the area, the more you realise that, yes, we definitely are living in a drying environment. Farming has a lot to do with the weather, and farming has been around for a long time, so I presume that farmers are good at adapting. How can we adapt to these changing conditions? It's a tough one, and it's probably now that we're drawing more on technology to help us through those changes and also business management skills to get through. Whereas I suppose in the past there wasn't much change in technology until say 40 years ago, really just machinery was getting bigger and better but it still did the same thing. Whereas now we are seeing a lot of changes to that technology which allows us to be more efficient and probably more accurate in what we were doing. Like the concept of using GPS to allow inter-row sowing on, say, a 250 mil row spacing of crop. That's something that you know, even 40 years ago was we, we couldn't imagine being able to do that, yet inter-row sowing into standing stubbles is one of the technologies that made us remain viable when, when otherwise yields would have fallen below that critical point where we could no longer farm. Okay, so this is a podcast about farmers' health, farming families' health. Yes, can you tell me if being kind of in control of conditions by having better technology is the only way to ensure a sustainable future for farming families and their future descendants? Well, this is the real dilemma we face at the moment is technology is helping us in the, the business to stay viable but it has that negative effect on community in that you know being able to do more with less being able to or needing to do more and pay less people to to assist you means that the population of the community is decreasing and you know, we've already reached that point where we no longer have a pool of casual labor to call upon you know a, a major driver now of business expansion is how do I manage the labour? And as, as a direct effect of that is how are we actually shaping our communities? It's something that there's no answer to yet, but it certainly is a problem that's affecting us all. The kind of agriculture that we have at the moment is something which is reasonably recent. Is there a way to go back to the past but using today's technology to make it better? I'm talking about having a more varied kind of agriculture, employing more people. Yeah, look, it's... Uh, It'd be, like, it'd be nice to think that we could be farming like that, but I think, unfortunately, our, our land values have crossed a point where we can't go back to that, or, or a lot of people are going to have to wear a lot of losses because in our dry Mediterranean climate, to go back to a more labour-intensive form of agriculture seems to also mean lower productivity in the, the sense that we, we seem to judge our main productivity by tonnes of grain exiting the farm. The, the premiums don't seem to be there for, say, a, an organic product or, or likewise um, a fully traceable lamb chop. We just don't seem to have the economies of scale required to make that work in this, in this area. Ideally, it would be great to think that we could be doing something to employ more people and have better, stronger communities. And also to reduce the stress levels that many farmers are facing as they try to expand businesses in a high-cost environment to try to stay ahead of the curve. So what do you see as a solution to all those issues? 
It's a very difficult one and unfortunately we're probably getting very close to that situation where the solution may be to look at how much land you remove from agricultural production. Regeneration of, of land back to its pre-agricultural condition may in 20 to 30 years time be the future for areas of the, the northern Wimmera. But then again, that still relies on somebody paying the bills. Uh, again, that then comes back to whether the government policy um, allows it to happen and does support it for the long term and give people the uh, secure income that they desire. Does they need to survive? Need, yes. There is something which is happening at the moment called Adapt Grampians. Can you tell me about that? It seems to me that's a problem shared is a problem halved. Yeah, so look, Adapt Grampians is a state government funded program which is looking at how communities can adapt to the changing climate in which we're all living. It's looking at all the, the different factors of the, the Wimmera and Grampians region and eventually it will hopefully be a a go-to point where people can look for resources and see what other people are doing to adapt to the changing climate. What do you personally do to adapt to those changing conditions? On, on my farm, adapting to climate change probably started in the early 2000s. We had a serious drought, like proper drought, not just extended dry time in 2002. There was a number of realisations made then that things had to change. You know, the amount of soil loss, the stresses of no income. But what really struck me was just that, that financial stress of how much money was lost in the drought. So the decision was made to go to a lower cost farming system, even though sheep do contribute to soil erosion by using stock containment areas and feeding them through the dry period to keep your core breeding stock decision was made to reduce the cropping intensity of the farm, increase the amount of grazing and just go forward as a true mixed grain livestock operation with a lower financial risk in the operation. So for the 20 years since, that's been fine and it's worked well, but 2021 has definitely thrown a spanner in the works as for our immediate area, we were only one rainfall event off being another proper crop failure filled drought. A survival plan was enacted back in late May, early June, where, whereby half the sheep left. And I think that probably in itself is part of how you handle the stresses of droughts is making sure you have that plan in place and when the trigger events occur such as you got to the first week of June and you still haven't had a single drop of rain for three months that you do list those sheep that are in you've kept in good condition in a stock containment area and you sell them so that you're keeping the farm in a financial and physical condition for recovery when the when the change does eventuate. And that, so that means a lot less stress on yourself and your family. Yes, and there is nothing looks better than seeing those sheep you love disappear on a truck and you know you don't have to feed them the next day and the next day and the next day. By keeping them in good condition, they've gone to a good home. Hopefully the next person makes as much money out of them as you have Which and you good. don't have the stresses. Do you also talk with other farmers about new issues and how you deal with them? 
at the pub or other places? Well, unfortunately, COVID threw a spatter of those works as well. But Of course. Mobile phone coverage is good here now. So, yeah, there's a lot of long phone calls with people from time to time. And look, that's one thing. I think as a community, we are very open to these issues. And if, if we feel a farmer may be you know, struggling, like we haven't seen them or each time we talk to them, they're in a very negative place in what they're saying. Yeah, we discuss it not in a negative way, but in a positive way of, well, you know, if you see so-and-so, just, just see how they're going. And yeah, we are all looking out for ourselves. We are a very small community now, and that's just what we have to do. And we do do it. It's the only way forward, really. I mean, and once again, that's something that used to happen everywhere. And perhaps because we live in the country, it's more open to us. It's, it's more available. We can reach out to our community. Well, it's uh, very different now. Like, if you go back to my grandparents' generation, well, there was always events going on every weekend at country halls. There was a lot more sporting activity all year round. Little country towns that now don't even have their hall and there's nothing there. They used to field football and tennis teams. And you know, there's a lot of travel now and involved in community sport and a lot of people can't participate in it due to the costs and uh, time commitment that, that it involves. But we still want to retain that sense of community we do have because yeah, none of us want to be just living on our four or five thousand acres and not seeing anyone, not doing anything. And yeah, we are trying our hardest to keep what community is left functioning. And getting back to climate adaptation, what would you tell people about it as far as, yeah, things are changing and we have to look at doing things a little bit differently one step at a time? What would be the first step to take? Look, the, the first step I always think is acknowledgement. To acknowledge that things are changing and that you need to be looking out there and seeing you know, what what you could be doing or what you might be doing in five years' time to adapt to a, a changing trend. Once you acknowledge it, then you know, have a look at the data, analyse the figures and see the trend that we're on and then work out how you're going to sort your way through it. There's, there's a number of apps and websites out there which give modelling of what your environment may look like in 30, 50 years' time. Yeah, I've looked at those a few times and we're basically on a trajectory to be on a similar climate to Condoblin in New South Wales. And admittedly, they're a bit hit and miss, probably have crop failures every second year, but we're there now. <laughs> I know farmers who farm quite successfully in that area, farm in a very different way to me, but the reality is, is you can survive in that climate. They're already where you will probably be in 30 years' time, see how they're surviving, and you realise, well, it's just another challenge. It's not, it's not a threat. It's, it's not going to destroy you, but enjoy the journey. I mean, you could get upset about it and wish for the old days to be back and things to be how they were, but the reality of that just isn't there. Is there anything else that you would like to tell people? You know, don't put your head in the sand on this issue. It's climate change is occurring. We've got plenty of evidence of change through our area. It's not a death sentence by any mean, but, but certainly change will have to occur to, to manage it. And of course we can work together. 
to face those challenges. Yes, yes, working together is an important part of that. It's, there's not many of us left to work together, so it's very important that... You're talking about this part of the world. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the world population is increasing and increasing, but unfortunately the population of the Wimmera is mm, static. <laughs> Well, it might go up with COVID, people getting out of cities, looking for a different lifestyle. Well, that creates that whole new minefield of, yeah, that's fine, but uh, we've run out of houses and all this other, these other issues. And then are we stretching our resources too much? But, uh, well... We'll adapt, won't we? We, we will adapt. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. And thank you very much for your time and insights on climate change and how to deal with it. Oh, thank you very much. That was David Dragatla, farmer and member of Adapt Grampians. You will find, as always, contact numbers and details in the notes attached to this episode. And while you're at it, please give us a star rating. We'd also love to hear your comments and suggestions. Our Facebook and Twitter details are in the notes. Until next, have a healthy life, won't you? Farmer wants a healthy life.